How do you take on digital marketing for your business? One bite at a time. Hey there, and welcome to the Pancake Digibytes podcast, where each week we share tips and tricks for successful digital marketing and interview other business owners about their learning moments and successes with marketing. Here now, your host. Hey everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Pancake Digibytes podcast. I'm Rihanna M. Hill, your host here, having breakfast with Jennifer. Jennifer Lear is MFT, is author, marriage, and family therapist, and the founder and creator of WeConcile, an affordable online DIY relationship restoration program for couples. As a relationship expert, Jennifer specializes in specializes in educating couples on the relationship skills they need to build a solid, connected, and loving partnership. So hello, Jennifer. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Excellent. Where in the world are you? So I'm on Orcas Island, Washington, which is, uh, you'd have to drive an hour and a half north of Seattle and uh, take an hour ferry west um, out into the water. And we're sort of uh, between uh, v- Victoria, British Columbia, and um, Vancouver, um, that kind of out in the ocean. Yeah, wonderful. What a great place to be. Yeah. Well, let's kick this off with a very important question. Okay. How do you like your pancakes? Well, I'm not a big pancake eater, <laughs> but I like them gluten-free. Okay. Yeah. It's a good to, way to have it. I tend to have smoothies in the morning. Okay, that makes a good breakfast. Pancakes well. once in a while for a treat. Yes, special occasions. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Well, go ahead and tell us all who you are as a person. What is it that makes you, you? Okay, so um, hmm. so it's an interesting question to sort of analyze yourself. I am... Um, I think I should just say I started, you know, as a child who read a lot of books and was very uh, connected to animals. Um, so that's sort of part of who I am. Uh, wasn't a people person, largely because people were sort of scary and dangerous when I was growing up. Um, but a lot of reading, lived in other realities through books and um, found a lot of love through pets and animals. So anyway, I've developed into someone with a lot of empathy and um, a lot of uh, ability to see patterns in terms of how people relate and not just between people, but with, within themselves. Um, yeah, so I'm um, sort of tuned into that realm. That's sort of who I am. And then I'm also have the part of me that's ambitious and wants to um, uh, give things to the world and uh, wants to uh, sort of help the world uh, create better relationships. Totally. Well, that makes sense for what ties right into your business. Uh, Will you tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah. Will I? Okay. Uh, My business. So We Concile, I started about 10 years ago. um, Started brainstorming. I had the idea of it before that, probably 2008. And um, just um, realized I was working with, with a lot of couples. And at that point, I didn't even have enough training, but I still was good at uh, couples work, but I didn't have enough training to really be excellent. Um, but I was working with a lot of couples. They didn't either have the motivation to do an hour a week for as long as it took, or they didn't have the money, or they didn't have the time. And they came in and they didn't know anything about relating. Like, 
not even the ABCs, much less sentences and paragraphs. So I um, realized that there was room here in the world to help couples get more education about what how to create good relationships. And um, that's when the idea came. And then over time, you know, different things occurred that opened up the idea further and further. Um, I had a whiteboard, whiteboard techie type person visiting my husband. And then I re- gave me ideas about how to get it on the internet, like how to create a program. And then um, I started doing a lot of extra training in couples work because I knew I had to systematize something that was done intuitively with, with science, but also done very intuitively. And I had to systematize it to make it work for a lot, large group of people online. And so that required a lot of studying and learning and practicing, you know, with the couples I was working with and over, and then I started writing and a lot of, you know, good, I'd say at least four years of writing full time to create the program itself. And then there was, you know, other steps, but that's where it came from. Absolutely. That's quite yeah. still quite a process. It was quite a pro it is quite a process. We're not out of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh well that's wonderful. Um a little bit how it began and where we're at today. It's definitely an ongoing thing. Yeah. Uh, with that whole journey, what has been your favorite memory so far? Um, well, one of my good memories, a couple memories, one is um uh being in my husband's old house had a this is before we were married, had a uh, saltwater jacuzzi and um, outside. Nice. And I remember sitting in there with him and uh, this other couple and we were brainstorming what to call this thing I was creating. And uh, the other couple's wife came up with Weconcile. That was her idea, actually. And we just were like, oh, that's it. <laughs> so that was a fun memory. And another good memory is when we were doing the board, the early, the early testing, before we were automated, we were testing uh, with couples on, all the information was on Microsoft Word documents and they would read and do the exercises off of these documents. And one couple, one of our beta early couples was, um, uh, he's an ophthalmologist, I think, but they, they were, um, uh, basically what they told me is for every hour of content, they had about 30 hours of discussion in their relationship that it opened up so much discussion and completely changed how they related, which was, you know, I mean, changed how they related and how they, what they talked about and they got to know each other very differently. And yeah, so that was really um, fun. Yeah. It feels so good to see the impact of your work helping real life people. Yeah. 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 So So. we can style, is that a play on words? Like we reconcile? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, uh, also through this process, you've really become a business owner. What does that mean to be a business owner? A business owner could be a pain. (laughs) A lot of work. Uh, It's, you know, it's good. It's caused me to have to change a lot of perspectives, like um, to try to find, because, you know, there's things I'm more aligned with that are fit my personality better, like writing and working, working as a therapist. Those are, you know, easier in terms of who I am. So being a business owner requires, you know, deal, you know, managing people, you know, managing, you know, talking to the person who's redesigning the website, talking, you know, and guiding and, you know, juggling many, many hats, which can be overwhelming and learning how instead of going into overwhelm to say, Oh, I'm learning how to 
uh, collaborate with many people and use a different part of myself. And so not, it makes you expand your identity. So I'm not just this little person huddled away in a room, either working or writing. I'm, you know, much more engaged in uh, other parts of, of reality. And so it, it certainly has expanded me. Absolutely. You definitely have to get it out there and it kind of puts yourself out there in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's shift gears here a little bit and get into some of the sticky stuff. Okay. What are some of the major challenges in your business that you've had to either overcome or perhaps you're still working on? So uh, the initial challenge was believing that it would work. In other words, I could, you know, I was like, I could do this. And then there'd be this little voice going, are you crazy? This will never work. There's no therapist in the room. Uh, so it took a, quite a bit of seeing results with people to realize, oh, they're really taking this stuff in and they can do a lot without a therapist there. Um, so that was good because even though I was moving forward, there was this little voice like, are you crazy? And um, it took a while for that to subside. And that is, I'd say, 99% gone now. There might be a tiny niggle once in a while. Um, and then the other thing, um, other challenges are, well, we're a startup with three partners. I'm the main partner. I have two other partners. Um, and they, you know, when you have three people doing a startup, it's, well, first of all, there's a lot of work to be done. There's too much for everybody. And second of all, you need money and raising money is really hard. So those have been ongoing challenges and they are not, uh, I would say, completely over yet. Absolutely. I think a lot of business owners, uh, myself included, can definitely relate to that and how that yeah. goes. Yeah. So um, are there any challenges you've had with your marketing specifically? Well, we've got two main challenges, a couple main challenges. One challenge is um, you not only have to get people to your product, you have to get them motivated to realize that their life isn't going to change without their engagement. Absolutely. So how do you motivate someone to realize, oh, I've got a shitty marriage, I'm headed for divorce, and it's worth working on it. <laughs> That's where there's a trick. A lot of people don't for some reason, don't go there, which is amazing. Um, but there are people who do. So it's, it's bringing in the people who will and then motivating the people who don't realize that they actually have the ability to, to create this kind of change in their selves and their relationship. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that's a big challenge, bringing, getting eyes on the product, getting people to say, oh, I want to try this, getting them to clear some space in their lives and go, you know, we're in such a frenetic, you know, kaleidoscope world with all these, you know, pieces to go, oh, wait, I'm going to clear a piece of space so I can actually learn something new. That isn't about, you know, survival, getting the groceries, going to work, raising the kids. Like, it's like about, it's like learning to play an instrument or taking a yoga class. It's, it's improving oneself. So that's also, that's a challenge too. Absolutely. And with couples, you know, you're working with two people. So it's, you really have to get two people's buy-in to make Right. It. And what happens is often there's one person is bought in, usually the female, but not always. And the other person is not bought in. And how do you, you know, and that person, the first person is stuck if they can't get the second person to buy in. Yeah. So, that's tough. Which is, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about any big wins? Uh, we are still, I feel like we're still, we're not quite there. We're still in the um, moving things forward, but we haven't, I don't feel like we're at a point yet where we, I feel like we're getting close, but I, I don't feel like we're quite there yet. We've still got some stuff to move. The universe still has some stuff to move to get things a little bit more in place. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Definitely. Well, let's shift gears again here a little bit. Okay. And let's talk about some of your first jobs. Okay. What were some of those first jobs that you had and did they help you in any way to where you're at now? Okay. So I grew up in a, <clears throat> I grew up in the country in Pennsylvania and um, we had, I think 60 acres. It's an old farm. My dad was an artist. So we had goats and horses Mutt, mutt horses, you know, not, not, you know, they weren't fancy horses, goats and ponies and horses and ducks and chickens and various other things at various points in time. And there was a lot of work. My mom went back to work when I was, I don't know, let's say 10 or 11, uh, because my dad as an artist's income went up and down. So my mom working 40 hours a week, four kids, and my dad was in the studio all day. Somebody had to do some work. So us, the children, we, you know, we had a chore chart, so we had the four, and we rotated every week through the different, but there was a lot on those chores. I mean, empty the dishwasher, make the salad, sweep the floor, set the table, feed the goats, clean up the goat poop, feed the horses, feed the chickens, collect the, I mean, it was, it was massive. So we, me and we learned early work, work is valuable, work, work is important. So we, I think oh, my family, the four children grew up with a really good work ethic. And, um, so the early jobs were for my parents, you know, for our, for our five cent a week allowance or whatever it was at, you know, that time it wasn't very much. And then, um, I had another early job for the neighbors had a, our neighbors had a contract with the local cemetery to, to clip around the tombstones. So I think we got like five cents for a big tombstone and a penny for a small. So we would go, they would mow and we'd go in us kids and we'd clip the grass around the tombstones. Again, it was about just showing up and working. And then later I, my first job was at a, like a hot dog ice cream roadside restaurant. Um, and again, it was about showing up and being of service and working. And later when I, later I waited tables uh, while I was in school, when I was going to uh, college, I waited tables and that wait, waiting tables, you really learn how to multi-process. You have to, develop a system in your brain and you just have to, and that, that was really good for me too. So there's a lot of jobs that were nothing to do with what I do now, but they taught me basic elements of um, perseverance, persistence, uh, don't give up, keep going um, kind of stuff. Later um, I was in the film business for a while, working in the film business for a while in, in the camera department. And I, um, Want, because I, I loved cinematography. I loved, um, I went to art school initially. And so I loved images. And so I learned, uh, I actually did the cinematography on a low budget um, film at one point. And I learned that in that process that I was better or more interested in helping people grow internally than creating a story that might not be, uh, that was sort of a product that was going to be sold out in the world, but might not be ethically that useful 
might not be morally, ethically, whatever, that useful for people. It wouldn't help them grow. It might be a stupid story because let's say the director producer was um, a narcissist who only needed to feed his own ego. You get that in a lot of certain fields. And so it really made me start looking at the difference between creating a product for the world and helping people create themselves. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Working so, on a ranch is hard work. That is, that is absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. So. All right. Um, well, knowing what you know now, what kind of advice would you give someone who's just getting started or what were some of the things that you wish that you would have known when you got started? So I grew up in a family that taught us that if you make a mistake, you're doomed. So that kind of thing is really hard to go out in the world with because you're terrified because you don't know what the right choice is. And, but what I learned over the years of, uh, you know, when I was a kid, my dad used to call me, she, he said I was a jack of all trades because I tr- did everything. I was, you know, in, interested in many, many things. I wasn't, and he was someone who just focused on one thing and that was what his life was about. So I am um, trying to get my thoughts together here on this. <laughs> um, so, in terms of when someone goes into a business and they need, they need to know what is useful, it's really knowing that you're going to learn a lot about many different parts of yourself. You may pull together many different parts of yourself that are either partially developed or some parts are fully developed and that you will create, um, you, aren't, you don't have to put yourself in a box that's the wrong size. Your business can expand and change and morph and grow so that it is the right thing for who you are and you're the right thing for it. And so it's a much more organic, uh, trusting way to look at how to engage, how to um, engage with yourself, uh, create a business that is both you and puts who you are out, out in the world and know that it's not, it's not set in steel. Things can evolve. and and change and grow and become better and more matched to what you want and who you are. Absolutely. I think it's uh, that's very helpful advice because most of the times what we start out to do for a business is not what ends up happening and being right. flexible is important. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And trusting the flexibility of things. Absolutely. That's very important too. Yeah. Well, throwing in a fun little random question here. Okay. What is a unique skill that you have or maybe something uncommon that you know how to do? Okay. <laughs> so um, I am good, really good at a couple things and probably not so good at many, many, many things. <laughs> but I'm really good. At, I'm a very good writer. And when I write, um, sometimes the words, I just, you know, they just come through. It's like channeling sort of. They just arrive. And the other thing I'm really good at is when I sit with a person or a couple, or um, I run a little soul collage group also, which is a sort of an art collage group and it's small. I work better with small groups. Um, I can sit and see, like I get a picture, a picture just comes to me and I see, Oh, this is where they're stuck. This is what they're working on. This is what needs to get unraveled. And it is, and there's no, there's not much. Um, it's not cloudy. It's very clear. So that's something that's a really nice, um, for what I do, it's really a useful um, skill. Absolutely. That's really got to be beneficial. Yeah. Perfect. Well, what inspires you? What inspires me? Yeah. In terms of um, life, you mean, or business? or? 
whatever that question means to you, whether it's what inspires you to get up and work every day, what inspires you to be your best, um, what's your big inspiration? Hmm. Well, I think for me, I'm someone who's always growing and learning. That's just, you know, that, that keeps me alive. Um, knowing that there's always more, more to learn, more to understand, more to, um, it's exciting for me to, like writing is exciting. Um, I'm inspired also by um, nature. Nature really inspires me. Uh, when I was a kid, my inspiration was Albert Schweitzer, who is um, who was a he was a physician. He was a, he opened a hospital in Africa. He was a organist. He was a philosopher. It was just somebody who had really achieved mastery in a lot of different areas. And that was my hero growing up, which is not really a, a, usual, a normal hero. He's sort of obscure, I think, at this point in time for a lot of people. But somehow I ran into one of his books and I was inspired. So, yeah, that kind of mastery, mastery, um, mastery of self and um, navigating through the world is, is also one of my inspirations. Yeah. An achievement in that way. Love yeah. it. It fits what you do so well. Yeah. Very cool. Well, is there anything else you would like to share with us today? Uh, I think all I would like to say is for people, you know, if you're listening to know the sky is really the limit. Um, And anybody who has any struggles, those struggles are generally there to help us grow in some way. And it might not sound, you know, sometimes it's like, well, the world's unfair and the world, you know, does appear to be unfair quite a bit. Um, and I've certainly gone through things that were unkind in terms of how I feel about, you know, what the, what the world gave me, what the universe gave me. But in retrospect, despite the limitations that were created by those conditions, they caused me to, in some way, dig deeper, uh, unravel some problem, uh, do some work, some inner work and make me in some way a bigger person. Um, so that, and that we all have that ability. Yeah. That And that's an important thing I want to say. When I started this Weconcile, I decided that therapists weren't the only people who held the key to self-growth. I decided that anybody who had the right tools could do what a therapist does. Therapists are therapists because they have the right tools and the right education. And so there's not, it's not, um, you don't have to exclude regular people from a certain skill set. If they're willing to learn it, they can do it too. So again, it's the sky is the limit is really the, yeah. Yeah, I love that. What a great takeaway to leave people with. Yeah. So for those who are listening today, if they want to find out more about you, where would they go? Uh, They could go one of two places. My, the We Can Sell website, which is www.wecansell.com. And there is a blog, a We Can Sell blog there that has a lot of relationship tips on it. Um, Different articles I've written to help people. And then my, older website, which I'm working on, jenniferleermft.com, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-L-E-H-R-M-F-T.com for marriage family therapist. And that has um, a lot of information on it. It has two blogs. It has my personal blog, which has a lot to do with my personal struggles and learnings. And it has a healing tips blog, which is, again, uh, tips to help people grow. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you everybody for listening. This has been Breakfast with Jennifer of Week and Style. 
Thank you very much, Rihanna. Thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate your time and hope you found value from today. Be sure to share this with someone if you learned something, or let us know if you have any questions by visiting us on Facebook at Pancake Digital Solutions. Thanks so much. Thank you.